The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. You're about to get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Welcome the hosts of Inboxed, the click father of email, Kevin DiVincenzi, and the original Fab Fondy, Fab Fondy J, John Fondy. And a fabulous good afternoon to each and every one of you. Welcome to the Inboxed Radio Show. If you just joined us for the first time, you can go to Inboxed Radio, that's I-N-B-O-X-E-D radio.com, and uh, there's a chat room there that you can uh, basically uh, send us some questions. If you have any questions, it will be answered by our group of experts that we have on the show as well. And, of course, we've got a great show. This is our one-year anniversary show. That's right. We broadcast uh, of our 52 solid weeks each and every week, having over 150 of the industry giants on our show talking about different various opportunities and uh, things that are taking place, not only technology, but also uh, in terms of innovation, um, FCC, FTC, roundtable rulings, and, of course, uh, the, the and so very, very exciting yet occasionally heated debates from people in the industry. And so the one thing that uh, that I want to say is I want to well, also welcome uh, our broadcast partner. He's the click father I'm talking about, Kevin DiVincenzi. Kevin, can you believe it? We're a one-year anniversary show. Yeah, John, sounds great. I'm excited to, uh, to do our, our last and our final show. You know, it's great. You know, a lot of people don't really understand, you know, what, what kind of goes into this, but uh, a lot of work and a lot of effort that goes into it, and a lot of a lot of things change and stuff. So, yeah, we'll take a little hiatus here, our last show that we're going to do, and, and uh, kind of got got uh, to the point of having having quite a few of these. Let's recap a, a little bit on this and some of the things that, that uh, we've seen that have taken place uh, uh, over the shows. Uh, I think one thing that kind of comes to mind, Kevin, back when we first started the show was a frivolous lawsuit that kind of came to us by a gentleman by the name of Dan Balscum. That was a pretty wild ride that we were on at that time, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and at least we got his new nickname. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that, tell us came a little bit about kind of what, what, what happened back then. Has anything happened uh, in the meantime or happened since then? Yeah, no, nothing. Uh, since since we, uh, we beat him in court, nothing else happened. Yeah, and uh, I understand that he's still been out there on the move and uh, and trying to do things. But you kind of took it upon yourself, you and the folks at Rapid Response Marketing and XY7, to really kind of lead the charge about putting scumbags like this guy out of business as well. You had quite a few people call you and ask you for advice. Uh, what kind of advice did you give them? Uh, just to be diligent and to fight it. I mean, that's the thing. If you sit back and take it, John, then people will keep on uh, taking shots at you, and it actually became a business model with these frivolous lawsuits. So, uh we stood up for ourselves, defended ourselves, and ultimately won. So that, that was our advice, was uh, fight it diligently. And I, I know other people have beaten them since then. So, Well, understand setting up the story correctly here. He's a guy that basically works out of a UPS office in San Francisco and uh, got his law degree and then started filing uh, frivolous lawsuits against people, hoping that they would just settle out of cart. Does that kind of seem that's, fair that's or about the whole, the whole deal went down? And, and many and many people did, and we did also for many years. And finally said, you know what? Enough of this. Uh, 
He, he had uh, he asked us for uh, to pay some quote unquote fines for some email addresses that we never penetrated. Uh, Eleven months later, and my response to him was, "What do you need a car payment?" Um, and then when we asked for proof, he couldn't provide any proof. So we brought some experts in, you know, Doctor Delivery, Adam Young came to testify and prove that the emails were never even uh, were never even sent. And and I think actually more so than than car payment money, I think we determined that actually needed bus passes. Wasn't that correct? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, nevertheless, I understand that also one one his arch arch rival nemesis uh, uh, Bennett Kelly, who heads up the internet law firm, will be joining us a little bit later on in the show. I guess he's had several rounds uh, with this guy, and he's been successful in uh, in uh, severely slapping him around a little bit as well. Uh, we'll see yeah, he's been quite a few times, us. John. Um, thinking about some other people that we've uh, we've had on the show. Who was the who was the guy that we had on the the show that that called himself the self-proclaimed spam king or something like that? Oh, what was Bill that Wagner. guy's name? Yeah, Bill Wagner. Yeah, Bill Wagner. Now that guy was a piece of work. I have to tell you, I mean, interesting guy to have on the show. But what's the story on that guy? I mean, we had him on a couple of times, and that guy was pretty whack. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I know of him for many many years. I never really worked with the uh, with the gentleman, so I don't know. He's uh, he's very uh, very colorful though. De definitely a good time. I know that uh, every time he's on the show, people are dying to get on and do uh, you know. Do an open call, and we just don't do it just so it stays. Uh, I know we did some early on, but then it just goes crazy because everybody talks over each other. Yeah, that's that's true. We did have we did have a couple of uh, of uh, internet guys that that kind of went at it a little bit uh, on one of our shows as well. And but uh, but but all in all, Kevin, I have to tell you, I'm really w have been impressed with the quality of the uh, of the the guests that we had on the show. I mean, we really were able to educate our audience. And Kevin, you said from the very beginning, the outset, that that's what you wanted to do was was bring people from the industry in and and uh, draw back that veil and 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 make the industry sort of uh you know self you know self-governing and uh i think we did a good job with having some of the, some of these experts on oh john definitely we had a lot of interaction from uh from people in the field and you know a lot of a lot of uh, questions answered and it was a uh, it was a great venue and you know we had a great run for a year it's just time to uh move on i've got a lot of commitments right now and uh you know it's time to to hang up my uh, broadcasting hat for a while yeah, and we, we got uh, another person that I want to publicly thank for, for helping us uh, through the uh, through the shows is Allie Swirlo, and she is uh, on the Email Experience Council that is a division of the Direct Marketing Association. She was really uh, great in getting some uh, some uh, people from different companies uh, to join us, and uh, I think that that also helped kind of maybe help fuel their organization a little bit uh, to help self-govern or police, uh, to police our industry. So so I'm really glad that she jumped in and helped us. And of course, you know the the gang at uh, Webmaster Radio, you know Brasco, that was with us for 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 so long. And and uh, understand that you just um, uh, just uh, competed uh, or completed the second uh, Afcon 2010 in Denver, Colorado. How was Denver this year, Kevin? Oh, it was good. It was a very very uh, very nice show. Uh, very intimate. And uh, you know, so it was a good time. I spoke on one of the panels yesterday, working with uh, networks. And uh, then Heather Paulson did a party last night at a, a uh, nightclub called Church, which is actually a church that was renovated into a nightclub. And it was good. Good to see some old friends. I'm actually sitting here with uh, two of my friends, uh, Scott Richter and uh, Ryan Pamplin, sitting in the uh, in the boardroom in Colorado, just doing our last show. 
Well, this is this is great, and as, um, uh, you know, kudos to Scott and his team for being contributors not only to the industry, uh, but obviously Scott being uh, an industry giant. I mean, a rock star of our industry. Scott, I want to thank you so much for again coming and, and joining us on our on our anniversary show, but also joining us here uh, for our final show that we're doing. Scott, uh, welcome to the show, Scott Richter. How are you today? Good. Uh, how you doing, John? Thanks for having me. Oh, this was great. Hey, one of the things last time we had on the show is uh, we talked a little about you and your organization and how you've gotten involved in a lot of charitable organizations and yet a very successful event that took place here not too long ago. It says a lot about the industry that uh, you guys are, are givers and stuff. So uh, uh, what, what's the next charitable thing that you've got planned, Scott? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we're always working you know, with me. <laughs> <laughs> Something to make oh, Kevin want to <laughs> Kevin wants Kevin wants to go for, for uh, sixty miles instead of forty. This yeah, time. there you go. So uh, no, and our you know our, our company as a whole always is doing stuff every year at Christmas time. We do a lot of stuff uh, in the summertime. We do Habitat for Humanity and we help um, with building house, a house and stuff. Um, and, you know, we're always so your employees actually go out and build houses with these people. They go out. They, yeah, they get the hammers and they got the uh, and carrying drywall and uh, wow. so they, they usually we send two teams out one 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 day and then one the next day because we have so many people volunteer for it. So it's, you know it's, it's really exciting to see and also at the Christmas time um, a bunch of people go and uh, do uh, serve food and, and different things at some of the shelters. Um, we do a giving tree, Salvation Army's giving tree. Plus, we also donate, you know, some children's charities, uh, toys and gifts and stuff. But uh, we try and stay, you know, very active throughout the whole year, um, you know, in different charitable organizations. But every every year, we, we try and find, you know, one really big one to do. And uh, th- this year, with the uh, Avon uh, Breast Cancer Walk, it was great. Our uh, team, as a, a group, raised over seventy-six thousand dollars with uh, Missy Ward, who was our captain of the walk. Well, it's it's true. People know you guys, you and Missy and Kevin and, and members of your team, you know, as uh, you know, as leaders of our industry. A lot of people don't know that softer side of you guys, uh, kind of getting out there and giving back to people that are less fortunate. But Scott, it really also helps kind of draw your entire uh, group of uh, your entire team together, and you 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 work even more coherently than when you work on the business side of things as well. Maybe some thoughts on how how your gets involved. Um. Yeah, it, it just uh, yeah, it's definitely you know good experience for people to you know do things outside of the office you know as well as you know not to when we're all together talking about work and uh, you know can talk about different things and uh, I think also you know it also helps build bonds and creates you know new friendships you know in, in, inside the company because you, know, you know different people volunteer for different uh, events and stuff so you know, it gives people you know a chance to mingle with others in the company who they don't always you know see on a daily basis. Well, and you have a lot of people, so it was eighty people, seventy people, hundred people. Yeah, like uh, seventy. Seventy people. So yeah. So with an organization that large, it's obviously uh, not not as easy yeah. for everybody to know everybody and what they do. Yeah, affiliate managers aren't hanging out with technology people, you know, all the time, or you know, accounting's hanging out with uh, you know the valet parking guy out front. You know, just different things like that. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, that's so true that uh, that a lot of times when uh, you know they say the best way to find out if you want to do business with somebody is go play around at golf. I think the same thing goes to uh, you know get some people together and build a house. You really find out what they're what they're made of. Hey, Kevin, yeah. you have a big charity that you do every year uh, that ha- has a lot to do with Chet Buchanan and KLUC, and that's the uh, the KLUC Toy Drive. Uh, you you, got, you should be gearing up for that here pretty soon as well. Yeah, we'll start in mid-October. Uh, we still got the website up from last year, and uh, I mean, we 
we try and get our advertisers involved, but I mean, no matter what, our, our goal is always to get a full truckload of toys delivered to the kids. So uh, we've done it for the past. Uh, it's gonna be our twelfth year, John. So I know you've been involved the past few years. Thank you very much. It's definitely a lot of fun, and it's great to give back. It's a great feeling. Well, not not only that, you're you're absolutely. Um, um, we're, we're ab absolutely uh, excited about doing it again and getting involved with it and getting uh, and getting everybody to uh, to join us as well. But your daughter has this toy drive, uh, hasn't she? Tell us about uh, Natalie's experience. And Natalie's actually been doing it with us uh, since she's about five years old. Every year she'll write a uh, a speech and you know some some inspiring words. So you know she'll uh, she'll go out with us. We normally go like the last two days because he's up on the scaffolding for twelve days. We'll go on the last two and. Uh, you know, try and make as big of an impact as we can. Absolutely, and we'll kind of get get involved with that a little bit more. Um, I want to talk a little bit now with the guys in the room. Um, I know you're going to bring Pace, Pace Latman and, and Ryan Pamplin. Yeah, Pace, already Pace in is there. not here. He's still in the and, meeting, uh, but I do have uh, Ryan Pamplin here who uh, owns uh, Reactive Corporation. I think you've spoken to Ryan off the air, but you haven't on the air. I'm just going to proceed there. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, really good, uh, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Um, want to talk a little bit about what has taken place, uh, let's say, over the la the latter part of last year and the first part of this year, um, and then look at uh, from the industry standard, particularly you know the, where social is going and where email marketing is going, Ryan. And then give us some crystal ball predictions of what we can see, good, bad, or indifferent uh, for 2011. Sure. Well, I think, you know, everybody knows there's a lot of traffic uh, in social and uh, everybody's sort of uh, in this love-hate relationship with Facebook. Uh, you know, Facebook decided that, uh, you know, they only wanted to really work with branded advertisers and anybody who ran anything that even in the past wasn't compliant with new terms, they just got rid of. And uh, they've been really disloyal to a lot of their affiliates and a lot of their, you know, really huge revenue sources. Uh, and that, that's kind of a funny thing because now they're coming back and they want everybody to sort of come back in. I guess uh, they need to get the revenue numbers up again for their IPO. Yeah, you know, well, it's funny good... on, on the panel yesterday, on the network panel, uh, people were saying, oh, it's easy to work with them. You can work with Google and, and uh, Facebook so easily. Just those other people don't understand what it, uh, what it takes. But you're right. I'm actually seeing a lot of success now, too, getting ads approved again on Facebook, uh, where it didn't happen for about a month and a half. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think really an interesting force to be reckoned with is, is going to be uh, my ads and, and my space. Uh, there's a lot of rumbling going on, you know, if you read TechCrunch or if you read any of the big tech blogs about some sort of acquisition going down. And uh, if something like that happens, uh, you know, with MySpace and they really get traffic going back, there's going to be a whole new source of, of traffic that really is just going to be, you know, a multiple of what's been available before through their advertising platform. And also keep in mind that News Corp owns a lot of Internet property, and they're not really doing a lot to monetize that with any sort of direct response. And uh, I foresee that becoming uh, a force to be reckoned with, and I think we'll be hearing a lot more about them in the very near future. Well, that's a good point. Uh, the way my overview on that, a perspective of it, it seems like guys like you, like yourselves, you know, Ryan, Scott, uh, Kevin, you guys went out and did what I would call all the dirty work, um, basically getting uh, getting all the advertisers in place and so on. It almost seems like they did an end run. 
which we see in the entertainment business uh, quite a bit, then they really realize how difficult it is. And then obviously maybe they're seeing how valuable you guys are and the integrity that you bring to the industry as well. Uh, Kevin, are, are you seeing them uh, kind of cozying back up a little bit more? Well, I mean, the market's definitely changing, John. It's evolving, and there's a lot of consolidation that I think we're going to see in the next uh, year or two. So uh, we're we're back in a very interesting time, and we'll see uh, how it shakes up. I mean, there was a, a big sale. Uh, was it yesterday, Scott? Hydra? Oh, yeah. Yesterday, a big big sale of, uh, of of a larger affiliate network that you know sold for peanuts, in my opinion. Uh, but you're going to see more and more of that because a lot of these guys can't pay their bills. They made mistakes taking on strictly continuity products, which, you know, Ryan in, uh, in one of our panels yesterday made a great point. He actually point blank asked the panel, um, you know, how they felt about, uh, you know, user experience, you know, and, and didn't get the answers they wanted. Uh, and I think that's what's going to happen is those companies that, are, that have bad business models aren't going to last. They're not going to be able to sustain in this market because if they're, um, doing things that aren't uh, aren't right for their business, they're not going to be able to pay their bills, and they're going to ultimately go out to, go out of business. So we're we're uh, we're just steering clear of all that. That's the best way the well, best way to do it. My perspective is is this: uh, you know, if there's a network out there that is perpetuating bad offers uh, on its affiliates, and then those affiliates are in turn promoting them to consumers, and it's a bad experience, the blatantly bad experience that most of us, you know, know that there's something wrong with. Why would you promote that as a company and take all of that liability on? And how can you, how can you sleep at night? How can you live with yourself knowing that, these, knowing that these people are all being adversely... You know, Scott's laughing here, so I'm going to let him chime in. I mean... <laughs> Kevin was talking to the show. He's, he's, he's like, uh, the affiliates should know something's bad. You're, yeah. you're, you're blaming the networks, which I understand you're an affiliate marketer, but we're, we're, we're brokering the deals for the advertisers. It's, it's our job. We have a compliance department. You know, they look at the offers. They make sure that they have terms and conditions. We make sure that they have, you know, you know whatever the requirements are on the offers. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the affiliate who's running it, buying the media. We're not telling the affiliate to go do something shady or how to go right. promote the offer. Right. So, I, I mean... You know, I mean, the affiliates at some point have to take some responsibility, and a lot of these, and that's why I think you're seeing too, in a lot of these newer lawsuits, the affiliates are starting to get sued for their actions. Um, it used to be go after the networks, that's where the money is, but you know, also because there's a surplus of networks out there nowadays, a lot of the networks, you know, don't have any money anyways, and it's actually the affiliate who has more money. I think uh, I think that's a good thing to tell uh, to the FTC if they're listening, but. I think actually the deeper pockets are uh, really the networks and, but, and but really the advertising. But there isn't deep pockets because you have a surplus of um, you know new tracking program software out there. You, every, everybody and their mother is opening up a um, an affiliate network nowadays, and you have you have everybody and their mother becoming advertisers, and you know you have you know people you know dropping you know paperwork and not taking deposits and letting offers right. run. And like I said, my, my my big joke is I'm gonna you know launch a new affiliate network on like the last day of the month. Let everybody run every ridiculous payouts. Everybody's going to run with me. You know, if an offer normally would pay 20 bucks, we'll be paying $30. Everybody will get paid for the one day of the month that they ran, and then they're going to give us all this traffic for 30 days straight and never get paid. And then they're, I'm going to go, well, didn't you get that extra, you know, 50 cents or a dollar? And, you know, people, people don't understand, you know, you know the, the industry is built on relationships. And, you know, uh, that's, you know, I'm, I'm hearing it every day now, you know, from affiliates who are getting burned, not getting paid, you know, from their affiliate networks, wires aren't, you know, a lot of companies, um, you know, I, I think, you know, some of the big ones on the East Coast have stopped doing weekly wires just because they uh, they don't have the cash flow or they don't, you know, risk and, 
you know, different things sure. like that. And, um, you, you know, that's it, it's a relationship business. And a lot of people, um, unfortunately, for a few pennies here or there, don't value those relationships. Well, and, and it's still happening where, where I just heard an instance in a meeting this morning, actually, with, with another company that uh, they, they're going and they're re repackaging the traffic to other people, paying 100%, but then scrubbing with the tracking software because there's certain unscrupulous tracking softwares out there that uh, that actually allow you to put, um, what is this guy, it's a, um, it's a iframe pixel, right? Uh, I don't know. Oh, this is what, what they told me this morning. They put an iframe pixel and then they're scrubbing at 8 or 10%. So even though they're telling you they're giving 100%, they're actually then scrubbing it on the front end. You'll never even collect that a lead habit. So, I mean, sure. the industry as a whole still has to clean up. The, the networks have to make sure that the offers that they have are, are proper offers before they put them on. You're absolutely right, Ryan. But then I think Scott's argument to that or counter to that is the affiliates have to be uh, mindful of the way they buy the traffic, who they buy it from, and how they buy it. You know, um, and, the, and the affiliates, should, you know, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with people making money. And the affiliates should be able to make a lot of money. And, you know, an advertising network that provides the service should be able to make a lot of money. One of the big things is, uh, you know, is also – is, you know, and so it's tough to understand, too. Like, you know, people we, we discuss all the time is uh, rebates or parties or, you know, the trips or, you know, some networks give away, you know, uh, fancy cars to drive around for a day, limos pick you up, you know, parties at mansions and different things. And, you know, we, we've done different stuff all, all the time. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, the, it's, it's your money. So, you know, would you rather us, you know, give you the best possible payout, let us make some money? We have to stay in business. We have to pay our employees. It's, it's part of, you know, and... We'll be a stable company. We'll be around forever, and you know, hopefully, you as an affiliate can be around for a long time. Or, you know, would you rather of us, you know, take a bigger margin on you, but you know, throw a party, you know, in some town that you really don't want to go to this week, or you know, a, a trip to some place you really never had a plan to go to? And then, what about all the affiliates who don't take advantage of those trips or the freebies? They're, you know, they're getting huge margins taken away for them, you know, and stuff. I, I agree with Scott on on several of his points. You know, I think that if you're working with a network who's putting up a lot of glitz and glamour. Uh, you know, there's there's a reason for that. I mean, you go to a casino in Vegas and you look around and it's really beautiful and nice. Well, that's not because there's a lot of winners. You know, it's because people are losing money and there's there's tons of it for the casino to spend. And the same, you know, can be said about a network. If a network is throwing these huge, huge parties and just spending ridiculous amounts of money and it's not a proportional expense to their base of affiliates, you might not want to do business with someone that is that loose with their money and uh, that has that thick of margin. Uh, additionally, you know, Scott's other point about the relationships, I can't agree with you more, Scott. I mean, that is key, and I can tell you that, you know, we've built a multi-million dollar business based upon the relationships uh, that we have, you know, with you, with Kevin, you know, with the other networks that we work with, and, you know, we try to stick with one company. We're not going on Offer Vault and looking around and trying to find the best payout and signing up with the network that's going to give us the best margin. You know, it's not about that. I know out of the gate, because we do a lot of volume with you, that you're going to be fair with us. You know, and you are transparent with me. When you give me an offer, you tell me, hey, look, we're making this much, and I know, you know, that you're making money, and I want you to make money because you provide a service for me that is like an extension of my own business. And when utilized properly, you know, that's the kind of relationship that becomes incredibly prosperous for both parties. Okay, we've got to go to break for a quick minute because we're already 10 minutes over on our break, and then we'll come right back. John, you have to go to break, right? 
Yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a short break. We've got uh, when we come back, we'll talk with Scott Richter and get a little bit more of his predictions uh, as what's going to take place in 2011. Uh, thank you, Ryan Pample, for being with us. And a little bit later on the show, we'll have Bennett Kelly, and Bennett Kelly is going to chime in on the legal side of things as well. We'll talk a little bit about some of the future and some of the predictions that he may have. You're listening to the Inbox Radio Show. I'm the Big Febu. I'm John Fondy. We're going to take a short break, toss it back to the studio. We'll be right back right after these very, very short messages. Stay with us, won't you? Time to flood some more inboxes. Inbox will return after this. XYZ in the affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, yo, pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Because this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need to need. You can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. You can come to state of the art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7Page. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Catch us Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back to the Inbox Radio Show. If you just joined us, you can go to inboxradio.com and you can uh, join the chat room there. Anthony Owls will be taking those messages and getting them to us here on our Skype contact. Or you can go to webmasterradio.fm. They've got a chat room in there and uh, they'll be taking those messages and getting those to us via our Skype instant messaging as well. If you just joined us here for the first time, this is our anniversary show. We're also combining that with the fact that this will also be our last show. Take a little break, get down to some business here as we provided Great information, some experts in the industry, as well as uh, also some some colorful thoughts having to do with the legal side of things, and some also some uh, some characters in the industry as well. And uh, we got a few characters uh, up there in Denver right now. With us, of course, is Ryan Pamplin and Scott Richter, and of course the Click Father Kevin DiVincenzi. Kevin, the show's going along uh, really great. Uh, great to sit down and sit around a roundtable and talk with the experts. Good information yeah, coming no, out of Denver. Yeah, it's going great. Uh, just uh, Mr. Pamplin wants to know why you didn't invite him back for the second half of the show, though. Um, the second half of this show? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I just make something up and hope he's not listening, right? No, no, he's actually here. Oh, I'm still here. He's still here. He's, 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 he's battling for position. Now you got four of us, you know, four right? Of us. Four of us. We had uh, around the uh, thing. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. He's going to introduce the Rainmaker. We have, a, we have a surprise for you. We, we got a hold, and the chief Rainmaker has joined us. Mr. Pace Ladin is now on the show. I'm so excited to be on your last show. Uh, I've been listening to every episode since uh, last year, and I'm a huge fan. Well, hey, thank you so much. Uh, we're, we're kind of doing a, a wrap-up here talking about some interesting things that happened uh, in the industry, uh, you know, in late 2009, but more so than that, looking to see uh, if you've got any thoughts and looking into your crystal ball of where things might be going in 2011. Um, go ahead and give us your thoughts on that, Ace. It's Pace, not Ace. Ace, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Altitude adjustment. I think everybody's getting. Um, let's talk about the uh, the yin and the yang of the industry right now. Uh, social media versus email marketing. Where do you where do you see that combination uh, that cocktail going in uh, 2011, Scott? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I'm not the quick father, and I'm not Doctor Delivery, so <laughs> you know, I, I, it's hard to say. But, uh, no, yeah, e email's going to continue to get more challenging, and, um, you know, it's just a evolving product. But I remember people in, you know, in 2001 telling me that, you know, email would be dead in a year. I, th I think even uh, Bill Gates made a prediction that he was going to wipe out email or, you know, different things in, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still around, um, and it'll still be around for many years to come. Um, you know, but social networking platforms are definitely going to affect, you know, email if, as people move over to those more for their communication and messages. But, you know, I, I think it's just like everything. It'll be around for years to come and just continue to get tougher and tougher, you know, as far as deliverability goes and, you know, it just makes it more challenging. But, uh, you know, hopefully as, you know, it evolves more. You just have to think of more creative ways, more content in the email, and, you know, more value to the, the uh, end recipient. But the email has become a tougher business over the years. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's no different than Google's become a tougher business for pay-per-click, and Facebook ads have become a tougher business. You know, there's, there's nothing that uh, stays easy for long in our industry, and there's also nothing in our industry that, uh, if it is good, that, you know, 100 people don't jump on tomorrow. Well, it has to be challenging or it's not sustainable. Because if something's easy and anyone can do it, then everyone does it, and then it hits critical mass, and uh, you know, 
you get everybody doing it, there's there's no margin for anyone. Well, yeah, you know, when you see things change, like you talked a little bit before, you know, Kevin, about uh, continuity programs and things of like that, it's how the, the, the steam's kind of gone out of that. What we're really doing is you're, we're seeing evolution taking place here. The best business practices are really the ones that are going to have the sustainability. But, Kevin, I asked you this question also for the roundtable there. Do you think that, uh, that mergers and acquisitions of these companies are going to uh, help the industry or will it give some people maybe an unfair advantage? And then, of course, do we see the FTC or the government jumping in to try to control it? Well, I think they're going to. I think it's going to help the industry because the legitimate companies are going to consolidate, and or the ones that have any value left. I think actually Hydra was sold for assets, right? Yeah. I, so I it was, yeah, I, I think it was just sold for just their assets, not uh, not anything else. Um, and we we have to push out the smaller networks that would just fly by nights that got some tracking software and decided to start doing business because it's just hurting our industry. It's hurting us in, in every aspect. Uh, from the compliance end, because they're, they're taking a lot more risks. From the advertiser end, because the advertiser feels that they can uh, they can then get somebody to give them a deal without a prepay, and and you know it, it hurts us as a whole. Um, and from the affiliate end, because they're, they're ruining the whole business by running everything at 100%, where networks can't even uh, can't even make a any any amount of money because they're uh, they're running with guys that are working off breakages and off readjusting pixels and doing all these different things. Um, so there's, there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of good that can happen out of it. Uh, you know, anytime a market thins out, and normally it's the survival of the fittest, and that's what's going to happen here as well. You want to say something, Scott? No, I, I think you said it all. I, I think also back to the continuity point. You know, I don't think continuity is inherently evil. Uh, I think that it's. You know, I think it's uh, something that is that can be good. Netflix is a continuity offer, but it's a great one. And people don't get upset and complain to the FTC about it because, you know, it's a good product. So when they get billed two weeks after and they forgot to cancel, they actually like the product or the service. And, you know, that's sort of the difference between providing good consumer value and not providing any at all. If you send someone some pills and the pills don't actually do anything, you know, and they don't work, they don't make people feel better or influence uh, their weight loss in any way, if that's what the product is supposed to do, you know, what do you expect to happen? I think you have to provide a value to the consumer. I, I agree. I was thinking about the same thing, that continuity is a great product. I am a Netflix member. I am a member of several continuity programs. My need is not weight loss or penis enhancement, but the programs I, I, I use do work. And, uh, and, and what happened is some of you were caught up in the continuity game, and they felt that they could push any product to consumer. There's always going to be a consumer backlash. But everything about direct response is providing market, marketers, providing consumers with products they want or they think they want. And if you provide a consumer with a product they actually want, it will work. Uh, there are continuity subscription models all over the place. Disney DVD is a continuity program, and no one ever puts down Disney. Yeah, you know, diet's not even inherently a bad one. Weight Watchers is a great continuity You're program. Right. There's a lot of very yeah. successful people. I have a friend that just lost 50 pounds on Weight Watchers, you know. <laughs> excellent, uh, excellent, and we certainly wish your friend uh, a lot of luck with that program. I want to know about that. What's it called? Um, hey, uh, last uh, couple weeks ago, we talked about the FTC kind of getting involved in actually trying to impose a tax on the ISPs out there. Um, and uh, do you think that that's something that is that is fair? Is it uh, is it do is it time for something like that to come, or could that be opening up a huge, huge can of worms in the industry? Why don't you take that question, Kevin? 
No, actually, well, we'll leave that question for Bennett. Well, we're trying to get actually Scott's dad, Steve Richter, on, on the show as well. Maybe later today, him and Bennett can have a little roundtable. Yeah. Well, the second well, what exactly is the tax? Oh, wait, wait, actually, yeah, you know what? They're going to charge ISPs a tax specifically to, to run bandwidth? That's correct. Yes, uh, what it's, it was a proposed bill that was on the table, uh, so that they're they're looking to uh, you know increase revenues, obviously from a taxable basis. They're looking into uh, different ways to do that. So the proposal that was put on the table, and Bennett can share a little bit more with us on on how it's coming down. But yeah, they were to propose a a tax on ISPs for um, I, I'm not sure whether it was for uh, for subscribers or whether it was for uh, a portion of their income. But yeah, kind of a kind of a squirrely look at things. Every, every so often they, they trade tax. Was, well, there was a supposed to be email tax a couple of years ago. They talk about you know charging people for usage for every sort of product, and you know everyone has tried to use usage-based systems on the internet. The internet is essentially free. The, the idea that you're going to have to pay for for bandwidth beyond your normal 49 or 29.95 a month is ridiculous. I don't think long-term it's going to happen. I think that the, the government has to be a little bit more innovative than just taxing internet users, especially the internet. And general telecommunications is, is international. It's not just a U.S. product. It's not just uh, you know. It's not just Americans. If we don't like it, we maybe we just move to a Canadian ISP. Or the, the internet can't be controlled by taxes or anything like that. I mean, they're they're trying though. I mean, the government's actually trying to institute something right now, which doesn't directly affect us, but certainly could. Because if they did it, it would kill all of our businesses immediately. Uh, but they actually want to create a kill switch that's controlled by the U.S. government, so that at any time. Uh, if there's some sort of what they're calling cyber terrorism, which who knows what that is. I mean, that could be an email drop uh, from one of you guys. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they want to be able to just hit the kill switch and just turn the Internet off uh, completely, which is crazy because there's so many businesses that are dependent upon it. Uh, you know, I just I can't imagine what would happen if they did that. And, you know, thank God. It's pretty that easy. Google just left China. <laughs> thank, thank God, though, that the Internet is, is really international, because if it wasn't and the U.S. was regulating it, it would be as screwed up as the telecom and as the mobile services are. Uh, you know, I mean, there's such a, there, there's such a stronghold that all the, the carriers have uh, in the mobile space. And, you know, if it was something where it was international and there was, anybody could get in on it and be a part of it and become a provider, it would be a lot better. Uh, and you know we still have that freedom with the internet, and I really don't want to see the government come in and create bills and laws that uh, take that freedom away. I mean that's what makes it so great. Well, absolutely. When we come back, we'll have more with Pace Latin with Ryan Pamphlin, Scott Richter, and of course the Click Father Kevin D. Vincenzi. We'll kind of close this out, this debate out a little bit. Uh, Bennett Kelly from the Internet Law Center is going to be joining us. We'll try to get uh, uh, get some yin and yang going with him. Uh, always controversial. We'll talk a little bit more about that taxation situation and a couple of things that uh, have come up uh, since then that we'll share with you. I'm the Big Fat Boo. I'm John Fondy. This is Inbox Radio. You're listening to InboxRadio.com. We're going to take a short break here toss it back into the studio when we come back we'll have our third and final segment of our final show here on the anniversary show i'm the big fabu and you're listening to inboxed radio time to flood some more inboxes inboxed will return after this do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates 
four super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card. XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from seofox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEOfox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to the show. I'm the Big Fabu. I'm John Tongani. You're listening to the Inbox Radio Show. Uh, we're uh, kind of broadcasting not only here from uh, Las Vegas, but also in Denver, Colorado. Of course, we've got Pace Latin. We've got Ryan Pamplin, Scott Richter, and of course, the click father, Kevin DiVincenzi, uh, with us. Hey, Kevin, maybe you could toss it out to the guys there a little bit in this last section that we've got here. Maybe just uh, kind of do a potpourri and just uh, find out what, what the guys want to talk about. Sorry, John, I didn't hear you because uh, Scott was being his normal smart-ass self. Uh, and, and Ryan Pamela was soliciting me to take over the show. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. No, that is exactly what happened. Oh. I could get a show okay. live in San Francisco every week. Yeah, I could, too. Uh, video, live video. I got live video, Everybody with the new G, uh, iPhones next week could start yeah. watching the show live yeah, and listening. What do you say, Ryan? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to get back to you guys on that. <laughs> I'm a little busy running, uh, you know, the uh, media conglomerate here. Sure, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, what I had said. a reality show, and that's what actually gave us the idea, because normally when you meet Mr. Pamplin, he's walking around with his whole camera crew. So, you know, Scott made the comment. He goes, wow, Ryan, you never bring the camera crew. It's the first time I can actually talk to you. <laughs> Usually they got catering set up outside when they're filming, and uh, it's nice. It's, you know, the first, you know, Jersey Shore affiliate show. Yeah, it's a little different than Jersey Shore. We don't usually punch women in the face. 
<laughs> but uh, that's because no, the we, uh, women in our industry are pretty tough. Series. It's about the growth of the company and uh, kind of going from from nothing and just a bunch of affiliates who were you know making some good money uh, and really forming a, a corporate structure and making a real company out of it and you know building equitable properties with the money that we're making from our revenue and someday you know really having an exit strategy where we're not just a cash flow business but we really have uh, things that are valuable. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different of a strategy from your typical uh, affiliate marketing company. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of sad. I mean, you look at these companies that do ridiculous revenue. Uh, you know, a year ago, for example, Hydra, you know, if they would have sold, they probably would have sold for $100 million. $100 million, about two, two to three years ago. We were talking about that last Yeah, $100 million bucks. And, you know, they sold, from what I understand from the rumors, under $10 million, uh, you know, which is, yeah, and I'm being told, you know, maybe even less than that. So, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy how quickly things can change when you're in a business that's dependent upon, you know, all of these advertisers and offers and affiliates who have historically been incredibly unreliable. Yeah, that's that's very true. You guys want you to stick around. We're going to bring a new guest on now. Uh, he's been a... Uh, uh, I'm going to run the show a little bit now. I want to take over the show. How do you how do you see a how do I know what a legitimate company is? Obviously, I'm here at affiliate.com, and we have a really cool domain, so we must be a must be somewhat legit. But how, well, I saw you on the Daily Show, you know. Yeah, Scott, we, so we, I know we, you're well, legit. We've been on the Daily Show, well, and no, no, quick. Uh, and we had an underwear line. Um, oh yeah, the underwear line. How do I know who's legit? Anybody tomorrow can register some three-letter domain like XY7 or something. <laughs> how do I know what that means? Uh, you know, how do I know that's a legit company in the industry that changes so fast? As you just said, you started your company, you know, you know whatever, uh, eight months ago or something. Well, four years. Out of high school. And, uh, oh, come on. Come on. And, um, you know, and, and you know, now you have, a sh- you, have a, you, sh- you have a show. You're no longer a virgin. What, what do we do? Uh, well, you know, going back to what Scott said, it's about the relationships. You know, I know all of you guys in person. You know, I deal with you. We do millions of dollars in business together. You know, if I didn't know you and I was sitting in a basement somewhere, you know, first of all, you'd be wondering who the hell I was. And second of all, if I didn't come out here and see your office and really get to know you, I wouldn't have trusted you enough to do the things that we've done together. You know, I mean, we've built pages. Let's, let's talk about those And we've done a lot of things <laughs> together. Um, the, the, I mean, the real question is, is how do I know if I don't have the relationship? I'm an affiliate, let's say, and, and it's sure. an affiliate marketing show, I assume. Uh, how do I know it's a legit company? Anybody can put up a great website now. Yeah, you, you got to. What are the giveaways that this company is not in the up and up? Well, I think first of all, you got to look at the kind of offers that they promote. You know, if it, if it's a company that's strictly focused on promoting what I would consider, and I think many others would consider bad consumer experiences, that might not be a company that you want to do business with. You know, if it's a company that's really focused on long term and they're you know coming up with innovative new. Uh, advertisers, and they're not just trying to undercut, you know, they're not trying to be the Walmart, they're trying to be, you know, a, uh, an entity that's really creating something new and something valuable and bringing new ideas to the market, which often, you know, Scott Richter and Affiliate.com have done time and time again, they've innovated in all sorts of spaces, uh, you know, that that's the kind of innovation that, that is something that I look for, and I think that other affiliates should look for if you want to have a long-term successful relationship, but really the only way to be sure uh, that the partner that you're selecting to work with is, you know, legitimate and someone you want to work with is to just go meet them. And, you know, the trade shows are a great, great way to do that. The meetups are uh, good ways. You know, I host a Meetup 202 in New York. Uh, you want to explain what that is, Ryan? Yeah, all over the country there's meetups. 
uh, where affiliate marketers, performance marketers, advertisers, networks, CEOs will come and uh, all meet up together. Usually it involves some alcohol, so it's a little bit more fun. People uh, are a little bit looser with their words. You can learn a lot if you're new or if you're a veteran. You know, it's a good place to do some networking, find new publishers, advertisers, etc. You find new girls. Uh, you know, to each their own. You know, whatever you there are a lot of women that attend these events? Uh, you know, there's actually a surprising amount of them in New York. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of women in the industry. I think a lot of networks uh, see a lot of value. We were in having, uh, we're sort of off topic here, but we were having a discussion the other day, and we said, off the top of your head, I said to my affiliate managers, I go, how many female affiliates can you name? And it was, it was weird. I mean, we came up with like two or three. Really? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's just, it's, it's interesting why, like, because I would just think something like, I mean, like, uh, Google pay per click. I mean, it's it's right. not like you have to be a guy to you know put a credit card right, in and right. set up an ad for five. But how many affiliate like, managers are hot women in little skirts? That's the. Well, I don't know how many of you hired Scott. But the point was, is it's interesting. It's like um, when we all go to these shows, and you know, from you know being in the business, you know, as, as many years as I have, I mean, it's, it's good finally to see the female presence in the shows. But it's just interesting how that. Uh, you know, when we pose the question, but how many, yeah, there's females in our business, you know, especially I'm sure a lot of accounting departments have more females than guys, and, but a lot of the SEO areas of the companies have more females than guys, but it's weird, like, why wouldn't we have, you know, hundreds of female um, pay-per-click affiliates? I mean, okay. it's not, it's not like they should, they would be afraid, or, you know. I mean, there's, there's you know. a couple, you know, I can think of a few, but, uh, you know, I think it has to do with just women being less interested in technology uh, as, as a whole. We were just talking about it. I just thought it was interesting. I, I, want to go ahead, right? sure. I assume you're, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, put down a competitor or... or well, yeah, if you want to name Ben Kelly's on the phone now, too. Oh, He's joined okay. just so we know we have Ben. Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Right, you addressed hey, Hydra. Hydra's a legit company that's been around for a long time, but at one point in their history, they suffered an enormous loss. How do I know that Hydra or XY7 or Affiliate.com is not going to happen? That's not going to happen. Well, you know, you got to look again at the offers that they're running, and you got to you got to know them. You got to ask these people. You got to get on the phone. You got to say, Affiliate Network, I'm so and so, and I actually care about you know the people that I work with uh, and what they do and their business practices. Because I think, you know, for me, I think that's a reflection of how they operate their business as a whole. You know, if they're doing something in one area that's not so good, they're probably applying that same logic to other areas, uh, which means that I would want to do business uh, with them. And you want to know, we talked about it yesterday, you want to know before a situation happens how a situation should be handled. Because by the time you get to that situation, a lot of times it doesn't get handled. Yeah. No matter what you expected. So, so what Kevin's saying is basically just, True. you know, talk about scenarios beforehand. Hey, you know, if, if the advertiser doesn't pay and I'm following all the terms, am I going to get paid? You know, is that the point of the network being in between? Is the, the point of the network to sort of, you know, buffer that in case of a loss? Is it an insurance policy? Or does that network not want to take responsibility because they don't really, you know, stand behind their advertisers? And, you know, that's a really important question to have answered beforehand if you're pushing any kind of volume uh, because you could be hit with a, a major loss. Uh, and that could be devastating sure. to some of these guys who are running operations that are literally investing every dime they have and then waiting for the check to come so they can do it again the next week. Right. Well, guys, I want to get a right, word in edgewise here if I can. Um, and we've got Kevin Bennett Kelly on the question. line. And Bennett, uh, Bennett, we talked earlier before about uh, about the way that the, that the industry was going. We talked a little bit about some of the taxation situations, and maybe you could fill the yeah. guys in a little bit on the tax that uh, the, the uh, ISP, ISP tax that's been rolling around. And tell us whether you think that's good or bad for the industry. Well, I think yeah, the ISP tax is as dead as you know as dead as they come. 
um, you know, uh, it, it, it had the shortest life of a trial balloon I ever saw. Um, it was released a week before uh, a press a meeting at the press club um, the following week. And by the weekend, you already had the chairman of the commission saying that it was a terrible idea. Not that he was withdrawing it, but that it was outright terrible. And um, so uh, I think that that is um, buried, and I don't think they'll be resurrected anytime soon. But the, the interesting tax issue is really the affiliate tax. And um, you know, it's, it's an issue that's not going to go away. Uh, I think, you know, I, I mentioned a couple times there's this website, the Center for um, Budget and Policy Priorities, that every um, so often does an update on state fiscal situations and has a map even of which states are in the most fiscal distress. And I think um, as these next couple of years go on, all you need to do is look at that map and know that you know, some of those states are going to go look at this way. Because what you have is somewhat of a disconnect. You have, um, you know, in every state practically, particularly states like California, where there's a disconnect between um, the government people want and the government people want to pay for. And so when you, when you have that disconnect, you need to rely on gimmicks, you know, whether it's, you know, short-term funding or loaning or, and, you know, the affiliate tax is a gimmick. It's a, it's a way to, you know, put at least on paper, generate revenue from someone who's not in state, so you're not theoretically, there'll be no pain in the state, although it doesn't take into account what happens to the affiliates, and so it makes it an attractive option. So, uh, obviously, to combat this going forward, you need to explain what the pain in the state will be, but also maybe you know, the bigger issue, address the bigger issue, uh, so that we don't have to deal with these gimmicks and then just really come up with better, some more sounder fiscal policy than we've been doing at state state by state level, you know, for the past 20 years. We'll throw that back to our roundtable now, guys. The affiliate tax could, uh, they say that taxes generally will kill businesses, and here this one that could invariably, if not kill, could certainly impair the way that we do business. Uh, any any thoughts on that, guys? Well, I know we're following the uh, the PMA, right? They're, they're, they're actively fighting in every state every time legislation is coming up uh, for the um, affiliate tax, so... We're gonna see. I mean, so far, I don't think uh, I don't think it's really it's been. It affected, actually right? affected me. I actually had a. Oh, it affect you. I had a proposal out to a major company that, yeah. uh, and, and I, I know, and it, who who quoted me that since Overstock and Amazon do not want to do business in Cal in Colorado, that they felt that as great as our proposal was, and they want to work with affiliate.com, that they needed to take a stand and not work with us as you're in Colorado. And, and I know the CEO of Overstock, and I've had the same conversation with Patrick uh, about this, about why they're making this stance. And they feel that, that even though in Colorado, through, through the efforts of uh, the companies here, uh, it was stopped that it could come up next year, or it could come up the year after. And they basically want to say that any company that, any, any state that decides they want to take on the affiliate marketing or the marketing industry in general, that they're going to, they're going to withdraw business proactively. So it has affected me. It has affected my business. I, I was very involved in the fight, uh, actually, against uh, Assembly Bill 178 in California last year. And uh, I got a lot of people from the meetup group in New York to write in. And, you know, we, we created a lot of material and sent it over. And the PMA was very vocal in that fight as well. And Amazon and eBay, pretty much everybody who operates any kind of e-commerce, major e-commerce site, is, is hugely affected. And uh, it also affects all of the affiliate networks, the affiliate marketers. And uh, the worst part is if you're an affiliate marketer that's in the state of California or you're in New York, uh, you know, some of these guys won't even let you sign up to their affiliate programs. You can't become uh, a link share affiliate uh, for, uh, for Overstock 
if you are in the state of New York. They just will decline automatically. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the networks and it's the advertisers taking a stance against the state by not dealing with affiliates in those states because they don't want the risk. They don't want the state to come back at the end of the year and say, hey, even though this person didn't sell in the state, uh, you know, they're from the state, so we're going to hit you with uh, tax for all of it. You know, it's just a, a nightmare scenario, and, you know, something needs to be figured out. I mean, one way or another, if there's going to be a tax, you know, then let's just get it over with and, and let's, have, uh, let's have it figured out so that everybody's not left in limbo because it's really hurting uh, the progression in this industry. And prior to that happening, we were growing so quickly and the big brands were really coming out. And I actually think that one of the reasons that the big brands are avoiding uh, the CPA business uh, in many cases is because they're really worried about the legal ramifications of these tax laws. Yes. Well, we, well guys, I want to thank you so much you, for, uh, for being with us uh, here so level, far. Well, then we'll be at such a point with, uh, in terms Scott of Richter, uh, Pace Latin, and uh, Ryan Pamplin, and uh, it's been great having you guys on the show. Really appreciate it, guys. Hope, uh, hope we have a chance to have some more fun with you guys in the future. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, great. Thanks, Sean. Hey Thanks, Bennett, uh, you've been a great uh, uh, a great addition to the show. We've got about thirty seconds left. I want to thank you so much for your contributions this year uh, on the show, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't give you the last word, Bennett Kelly. Well, I mean, you guys are a class group, and you did a great job with the show, and uh, yeah, I'm glad to be associated with it. Well, Bennett, you're down there in California. Uh, I know we'll have a lot more things to talk to you about in the future as well. But uh, again, you're you you were great. But of course, I want to thank my broadcast partner, Kevin DiVincenzi. Kevin, we had a pretty good run at this, and uh, I want to thank you for your professionalism and uh, and the great guests that you brought on. Awesome, absolutely, John. You had a great call. Thank you so much. Well, thank you guys too as well. Those of you that have joined us, this was our uh, anniversary show. We have 52 weeks in the camera, 150 great guests. Uh, some wild people in the background there, of course, as we wrap it up the show. Our final show, I'm uh, the big fabu for Kevin DiVincenzi. He is the click father. This is the final edition of Inboxed Radio. I want to thank, of course, all the people at Webmaster Radio for being so good to us and producing a great show. So for all of us to all of you, this is our final wrap-up show. I'm the big fabu. I'm John Fondi, and thank you for joining us on Inboxed Radio.